It was many and many a year ago in a kingdom by the sea that a maiden there lived, who you may know, by the name of Annabel Lee. And this maiden, she lived with no other thought than to love and be loved by me. I was a child, and she was a child in this kingdom by the sea, but we loved with a love that was more than love, I and my Annabel Lee, with a love that the winged seraphs of heaven coveted her and me. And this was the reason that long ago, in this kingdom by the sea, a wind blew out of a cloud, chilling my beautiful Annabel Lee, so that her high-born kinsman came and bore her away from me to shut her up in a sepulcher in this kingdom by the sea. The angels, not half so happy in heaven, went envying her and me. Yes, this was the reason, as all men know in this kingdom by the sea, that the wind came out of the cloud by night, chilling and killing my Annabel Lee. But our love, it was stronger by far than the love of those who were older than we, of many far wiser than we. And neither the angels in heaven above nor the demons down under the sea can ever dissever my soul from the soul of the beautiful Annabel Lee. For the moon never beams without bringing me dreams of the beautiful Annabel Lee. And the stars never rise, but I feel the bright eyes of the beautiful Annabel Lee. And so all the night tide, I lay down by the side of my darling, my darling, my life and my bride, in her sepulcher there by the sea, in her tomb by the sounding sea. Good times come and good times go, and when they do, hold on to these bones and feathers, herbs and stone, words and weather, hearth and home. Hip me witch, hip me witch, magic with the switch of your mind. So kind and believing. Hip me witch. Season three, my favorite number. Nice. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 475 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the groovy creatrix behind Kick-Ass Witch, putting the K in magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit. And you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode, back on Blog Talk Radio. And even as I say that, holy crap, that's just not true anymore. <laughs> okay, I need to rewrite my little intro here. I don't even need to read it because I have it memorized. I've said it so many times. I need to re-memorize my little intro here because what I have decided to do is put all of the show notes on my blog. So forgetting to remember, plus the act of acting as if episode 475 of Hippie Witch. Find it on my blog. I will put it, I will put it on Blog Talk Radio and it should show up on your device, but you might have to cut and paste it. I'm not really sure how that works, but y'all keep telling me 
that the links don't work on your device. So I'm just going to put them on my blog. You will also find a link to my brand new free ebook, The Tao of Biz Witchery, 13 Ways Your Online Biz is a Spiritual Practice. I released that last week and am tickled pink at the response. I'm so excited that you all are loving it and getting it. Some of you actually paid for it. It is a free ebook, and some of you actually tossed some dollars in my tip jar. So that is pretty awesome. Thank you so much for anybody who did that. And if you have not picked up a copy of The Tao of Biz Witchery, it will be in the show notes along with links to Kendra Hesketh, who is this month's, October 2020, this month's patron of the month. So there will be an interview with Kendra toward the end of this episode. It shouldn't be a too long of a ramble this morning, but I feel like every single time I say that, the rambling <laughs> gets really out of hand. It's so noisy here today. I don't know what is going on with people. I mean, I do. I'm a city witch. I live in a major suburb of a major city and it is noisy here most of the time, but 2020 has been exceptionally quiet because the kids aren't in school and we live across the street from a school and a lot of people were staying home, but I guess people are just over it and they're like, bust out all the noisy things. Let's do it. <laughs> so I tried to record this for you last night and apparently... There is this little game called baseball, and there is this little baseball team called the Dodgers, and I don't live too far from Dodger Stadium, and apparently this little team won the World Series last night, <laughs> and all of Los Angeles lost its mind, so it was so loud with helicopters and fireworks. That's when I recorded the... Edgar Allan Poe poem that I read at the beginning of this episode, and it took many, many takes. I'd get like halfway through it, and then all of a sudden there would be like a helicopter shaking the house and cruising, lots and lots of explosions. People were excited. And you know what? I'm not a sports fan at all. I do not have the sports fan bone in my body. I did not get that gene, but I do appreciate that we need something like that in 2020. We need some fun. We need a win. Los Angeles and the surrounding area, California, has been on fire for months. Quite a few new fires broke out this last week. And, you know, I don't know if fireworks are the best idea when we literally can't breathe because we are surrounded by fire and the air is so smoky. But people were launching big like 4th of July style fireworks over our houses. And I think we all made it out of that experience okay. So <laughs> I'm glad that they were happy. We, we, need, we need fun things in 2020. And I hope this episode will be a fun thing for you. Despite the fact that my neighborhood is hellbent on making noise. It's actually almost noon. Again, I have tried to record this for you multiple times. <laughs> First, there were the gardeners, and they do three houses in a row. So it went on and on and on with the 
weed whackers, which are basically the bane of my existence, and the lawnmowers and all that business, then my neighbor decided to start hosing off my house, <laughs> which I can't say hurts my feelings too much because it does get dirty on that side and the hose doesn't reach. But the side that, that she was hosing has a giant window sitting right here next to me. <laughs> And the sound of water blasting against that was a thing. So I literally sat here drinking my hot water, which I love to do, <laughs> waiting for the hose to stop. And it stopped. And then I went to start talking and somebody busted out a chainsaw and started trimming a eucalyptus tree. <laughs> so I was like, screw it. Like this thing is just not going to go up if I don't just start recording right now. So, ah. <sighs> I don't think much of this noise will make it in to what you're hearing. It's that I hear it and I find it distracting because I'm sensitive. I'm a sensitive. I'm a sensitive witch. <laughs> and also I, you know, had this whole delightful experience with my internet being extremely glitchy for about a week and two days, right in the midst of launching a thing. And so now I am trying to calmly not overwhelm everybody, but make up for lost time. And there are two episodes that I want to post before October ends. So you're listening to one right now with my friend, the lovely Kendra Hesketh. And then there will be another one Probably I'll post it like late at night on the 30th so you can listen to it on Halloween because I wanted to do kind of a Halloween thing with Steel Alexandra. It's not super Halloween-y, but her specialty is all things Victorian and somehow in my mind all things Victorian are Halloween-y. Does that make sense? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Or is this just like the world according to Joe that makes no sense to anyone else? I don't know. <laughs> let's talk about, let's talk about also Liz Worth and how rude it is that she wrote this blog post that I will also link to reviewing the Edgar Allan Poe tarot deck. I have avoided this thing every time it pops up in my like Twitter feed or it starts to follow me around on Google, I'm like, don't look, don't look, don't look, don't look, don't look. You do not need another tarot deck at all. You're trying not to buy things that you don't need. Don't look, don't look, don't look. And then what did she do? She posted a review and then what did I do? I clicked on the review and then before I knew it, I was clicking the buy it now button. <laughs> so here, here is how I'm going to justify that. I am going to link to this Edgar Allan Poe tarot in the in the show notes with my fancy affiliate link. So maybe maybe I can seduce you all into buying the tarot and it'll end up paying for what I just bought like a goofball and it's supposed to be here within 24 hours so I'm so excited because I should have it before Halloween. I love Edgar Allan Poe in case you didn't know the poem that I read at the beginning of this episode Annabelle Lee was written by Edgar Allan Poe. If you love words you love him. I've never met a word nerd who does not love 
Poe. And what's funny, the reason that I decided to put that at the beginning of this episode is I was kind of daring myself to read Annabelle Lee because I absolutely love it. And I know that I am not the person to be reading poetry. (laughs) I don't have the poetry voice. I don't have that voice. I just don't have it. So My tactic is to just kind of be myself and kind of perform it as I would perform it if I had written it. (laughs) So like Poe purists were probably cringing all through that. But what's funny is I was kind of daring myself to do that for a episode. I was thinking about maybe putting it in the one for Halloween that I want to post with Steel. But then Kendra wrote to me asking, like, what do you think about me performing The Raven for this? Over on Patreon, we're doing something called The Witch's New Year Costume Ball. (laughs) It's a Zoom thing. We had a really fun Beltane ball that we did, and this is kind of the the mirror reflection of that. We're doing one for Samhain, too. And it's fun. My friend Marla, Marla Martinson, has been on the podcast. She's going to do... A Ouija board seance. She's going to lead us through a seance using her Ouija board. So that should be really cool. And then Kendra was like, hey, I'm thinking about doing a performance of The Raven. And I was like, do it. And also Edgar Allan Poe. So that was kind of the thing that made me work up the courage to be able to read that for you all. And maybe maybe this is just the time of year. It's a Poe time of year. He is one of my favorite writers because of the telltale heart, which is awful. It's terrifying. Oh, if I didn't say before, I'm going to link to Liz's blog post because let, let's let's go back to the Edgar Allan Poe Tarot for just a second. Maybe I can remember what I wanted to say about the telltale heart. But um, the reason I bought it, her review was great compelling. She included some pictures. I'm a sucker for gorgeous packaging. I love a cinematic tarot deck. So it looks like a movie and I can imagine the characters moving around and it kind of feels like a screenshot. But if I use my imagination, I can imagine that it continues on and there's this whole kind of movie or or a life of these characters that is going on. And for me, it fleshes out the tarot reading experience. It feels more dynamic and fluid. So I love a deck like that. The Tarot Illuminati is what I mainly read with, and it is like that. And I like a Rider-Waite-Smith-based deck, and this is also like that. So win, 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 win. Super beautiful, super po. The reason I was avoiding it is because not only do I not want to spend money on things I don't need right now, and also I don't need a tarot deck. I've given a lot of tarot decks and books away this year. Shocking, I know, Joanna getting rid of books, but it has happened. I keep taking them to the little free library. I get a huge kick out of that. But anyway, in this blog post, she shared the Fool card, and it was such a fresh take on the Fool But not in a way that made me think like, oh, gosh, why are you deviating from the system? Because I like the system and I feel like that imagery is put in place for a reason. Somebody put a lot of effort into embedding this 
occult symbolism into these cards. So it does not really speak to me when somebody goes really off the rails and just gets super creative with it, unless unless they're presenting it as an oracle deck, as their own thing. But like, if I'm looking at a fool card, I want to understand that I'm looking at a fool card. But what is fresh about this fool is it's not that jester, jester, jester stepping off a cliff. It's actually two characters and they're walking down into, into the, what is it called? Oh goodness. I can't even think of the name of it. In, into the underworld or going down into the underworld, the cask of Amontillado when they, what is it called when you, you guys are going to have to tell me because I don't have time to sit here and Google what in the heck I'm trying to say. <laughs> when they go down to the catacombs, that's what I'm trying to say. And that's where they're going. And I was like, oh, that changes. I got, I got goosebumps just thinking about it. I was like, that changes everything. That changes everything. Because now the fool which I see as the start of the journey, the fool is going into the underworld. And that is a whole other thing. So I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, this deck, this deck is going to be perfect for doing any kind of like dark moon work or shadow work or Samhain work, going into the underworld. And then the the traditional fool that I'm used to, that'll be great for, you know, when you're leaping off the cliff <laughs> and you want to do something daring. And I was like, oh, this is going to be so cool because now I'll have kind of like my moon deck and my sun deck. Shout out to Tamara Rhodes, who once sent me twice because it got stolen off my doorstep the first time she sent it, and she literally spent the money to send me this twice. She sent me one of those teacup sets, a cup and saucer, that it looks very old-fashioned, like a Victorian tea set, but then it has a skull on it. And so it has that goth element, and it's just, you've probably seen these around. If you're on Etsy, you've definitely seen many variations of this, but I love it, and that is the teacup that... I bust out when I'm going to make like a dream team with dream tea. Excuse me. <laughs> I have the dream team on my mind. If I'm going to make a dream tea or do some kind of shadow work, I will take it out of the hutch. I keep it in a special place away from my dishes. It's in it's in the hutch with my grandma's tea set and I will bust that out. So I feel like that and my new Edgar Allan Poe tarot deck are going to go perfectly together. Okay, so the Telltale Heart. This is what really made me a Poe fan, which is strange because it terrified me. <laughs> I was so scared. I was so scared. But I'm one of these people who, if I'm watching a movie or I'm listening to a piece of music or I'm reading a book and all of a sudden I find that I am having like a physical reaction. I am having a genuine experience. I'm crying. I'm laughing out loud. I'm sweating. I'm nervous. If something like that is going on, I'm the kind of person that will be like, why? How did they do this? And then I'll kind of like reverse engineer, right? And when somebody is so gifted, like Edgar Allan Oh, I don't know how much reverse engineering you can do, but it's fun to try. <laughs> and when I read The Telltale Heart, I was so in it. 
I was like, oh my God, what's going to happen now? Oh, and it's told from the perspective of a perpetrator and you feel all his nervousness and this thrill of terror that he is going through. <laughs> and then and the strange, the voices in his head kind of thing that are making him do the bad thing, like, it feels justified in this character's mind and you're in the character's mind and it's just Poe is a dark character but there's something delicious about being in that mind for just a minute you know and he would write these short stories or poems that take you on a whole journey <sighs> and where did, where did I write this poem down? I love Annabelle Lee. This has been something I've loved forever, for so long. Um, there's a line, oh, when he says, Neither the angels in heaven above nor the demons down under the sea can ever dissever that little piece. I'm a, I'm a rhyme person. I like a good rhyme. Hello, Dorothy Parker. Um, I, I would say that over and over again. Can it, can ever dissever my soul from the soul of the beautiful Annabelle Lee? It's really tempting to read this poem in a very quick sing-songy way. Like, you know, neither the angels in heaven above nor the demons down under the sea can ever dissever my soul from the soul of the beautiful Annabelle Lee. I mean, it's perfect. It's utterly perfect. Perfect. I cannot wait to hear what Kendra does with the raven. Also, witchy. I have a deep personal relationship with ravens. Because we have a lot of ravens. We're surrounded by these very tall eucalyptus trees. Speaking of cutting down the eucalyptus tree, whoever's doing that neighbor, why? Uh, and they, they like to live up high. So we have a lot of these ravens. They're huge. I've talked about them off and on here on the podcast, but I don't mind mentioning them again. <laughs> I think they are the perfect symbol of a witch's familiar because they're so interactive. I guess a cat is as well, and I have a long history with black cats. Also, cliche, cliche, cliches are sometimes cliches for a reason. And ravens certainly deserve to have that legendary status because they are so communicative and interesting. They hold a grudge. They will reward you. I just, I absolutely adore them. And I, I, I said I wouldn't ramble. Let's get on to other things. Oh, the, the Halloween episode, I am going to announce the winner of the contest, the tarot contest. Somebody is going to win Teresa Reed's book, brand new, unopened book, Tarot, No Questions Asked. And that is a Twitter contest. And what you have to do is you have to tag me at biz underscore witch and tag the tarot lady on Twitter and tell us what tarot card you feel best represents you right now. If you were a tarot card in this moment in your life, what card would you be? Also, this is actually a good way to segment, segue into the segment 
with Kendra because she talks about how she uses Tarot as an actor. She's an actor and a writer and director, and she actually uses reading cards as part of her creative process. So I think you all will enjoy that. We talk about the vulnerability of putting yourself out there online, which is something that I'm currently trying to help people through because I am starting this whole BizWitch thing. It's not new. I've been doing BizWitch coaching calls since 2013. So turning it into a Twitter feed and then creating this funnel and the e- the ebook and what will eventually be BizWitch 101 and audio journey. A big part of that is the vulnerability of putting yourself out there online because vulnerability is tricky. It's key to authenticity, but then it's like, how much do you share? Like, where do you cross the line into kind of violating your own self and your own sense of privacy and what is sacred? You know, that's an interesting thing to explore. And uh, we talk about making your dreams happen instead of waiting for luck to find you. And we also talk about her life as a cat servant. <laughs> her cat, Princess Veranaki. Princess Veranaki, the Siberian forest cat, is the star of her YouTube channel right now. Although I've been trying to like push her into making just Kendra videos. I think you're going to love this. You're going to fall in love with her and go run over and subscribe to her YouTube channel. And when you do that, tell her, (laughs) Kendra, Kendra, we want to see you as an actor, as an actress. And one of the reasons also that I am putting this episode a little bit earlier than I usually do, I usually save the patron of the month episode for the last, the end of the month. I wanted to get a jump on it a little bit in October because she was part of, what is this thing called? I have it written down here. The, Vir- the Virago Collective. They have been posting these old 1940s style radio shows, and she was an actor in these radio shows, but now they're going away at the end of October. So if you're listening to this in a timely fashion, I think this is a really fun thing to check out because they're spooky in the month of October. And it just seems like a really fun thing, like a Halloween thing to do when you're carving your pumpkin or like the kid and I did last night, cutting open a pomegranate and staining your favorite Van Halen sweatshirt with pomegranate splatters (laughs) that I'm still trying to get out. Thank you, nice Twitter witches who gave me advice about OxyClean and hydrogen peroxide, some hair product that supposedly magically gets out stains. Maybe I'll have to look into that. There was a, let's see, a baking soda recommendation, but yeah, I <laughs> I made a big deal before we cut the pomegranate open to let Tanner, my kid, pick out the apron he wanted to wear, and then we both wore aprons, and I explained to him the importance of aprons when you're cutting open a pomegranate, and then it just like splattered up at us and got like our arms and all the parts and our faces. (laughs) I was wearing glasses and it sprayed my glasses. It was very Halloween-y. It was a bloodbath. (laughs) 
No wonder pomegranates are so associated with the underworld. They're bloody, <laughs> bloody and delicious, bloody and delicious. So I've probably forgotten a whole bunch of things that I wanted to talk about, but I feel like this is a good size ramble to get this party started. So without any further ado, here is Kendra. Hi, Kendra. Welcome to Hippie Witch. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to have an actor on the show. A working actor. A Canadian actor. A cat servant. I am definitely a cat servant. You're definitely a cat servant. You are a cat servant part-time and more than an aspiring actor. You work from time to time. You just did something really cool that I missed out on, but I heard you talking about it. You did an interview with, was it the director of the 1940s radio play that you were a part of? Yes. The theater company is the Virago Collective, and you can actually still listen to them until the end of October on the Virago well, Collective. Well, this, is, this isn't posting till the end of October. Never mind. It's totally over. <laughs> it's done, people. You missed it. So you better follow Kendra. Kendra Hesketh, is that how you say your last name? Yes. Kendra Hesketh. There will be a link to her on YouTube so you can watch her amazing cat videos. But first, I just wanted to talk about this radio play because it's such a cool idea. Yeah, and I was so thrilled to be part of it because it was completely social distanced. We all were all at home. Angela took all her voices and edited it all and put it all together and kind of made a theater presentation for people who, you know, don't feel comfortable leaving the house even. And everybody can listen to it from anywhere in the world. That's amazing. And she's not going to sell it. They're just going to take it down. It'll be gone forever. Yes, that's the idea. So it's really like theater. Like you snooze, you lose. You, you don't show up, you miss it. Yep. And then it, then it's gone. Mm. Well, what was it like? It was so much fun. We really wanted to capture the spirit of the 1940s. So it's a little campy and we were trying to do like the radio accents and, and have fun doing it that way. But it was also, it was interesting because we weren't in the same room. So we were all talking and it, but it was all through the computer. So it was a little bit disconnected that way. It was it's different doing a theater play when you're not actually physically with the people you're doing it with. Oh my gosh. That's so much a part of acting is listening. Acting is reacting really good. Act, good acting is reacting. Yeah, exactly. So, and of course there's no audience. So, I mean, that being an actor in theater is it's all about finding out what the audience thinks. And of course we didn't have that. I guess you just had to use your imagination. Yes. What did you think when you heard the final product? Like they put music together and they edited the whole thing. Mm, it, it's kind of hard to explain. Were you able to experience it like an audience member or were you too busy thinking about like, oh, I should have done that or this happened? Oh. Or, <laughs> yeah, no, I was way too busy thinking about it. And because when I'm, when I'm acting and I'm in the moment, it was kind of like that moment was actually happening. But when I was listening to it later, it just kind of, I think the draw for me is actually performing, not watching myself perform later or listening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the cringy part. You make a thing and that's it. It's done. Like watching yourself back is so cringy. <laughs> exactly. I've, I've heard plenty of extremely famous world-class movie stars say they refuse to watch their own work because of that. 
Yeah. And I like, especially for auditions, I watch my audition before I perform it either for the final tape that I send off. Cause it's all self tapes now, or if, before I go into an audition room, like I tape myself over and watch it over and over and over again. Cause I want to make sure it's absolutely perfect, but mm-hmm. actual performances that I do. Yeah. It's, it really loses something watching it. That's so interesting because I can make a video, but I'm actually like a really nervous auditioner when there's people in the room. So I wonder how many people are great on camera, but then, (laughs) you know, they get hired because they're great on camera and then they show up the day of and they're like quaking like a chihuahua. (laughs) (laughs) How did you get started with all of this? What made you want to be an actor? I don't know. Like, it's just one of those things. I decided when I was six, I was going to be a movie star. Uh, so I went to school and I got my, my Bachelor of Fine Arts, Performing Arts. And then I toured some fringe festivals here in Canada. And then I realized I liked eating. <laughs> so I got a real job. And I've been, you know, spending some time in the acting theater world as much as I can. But also, theater does not pay bills as much as what my mom would call a real job. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a strange thing because there are people that make a living doing it. And yet most people who pursue it do not make a living, but then you get into this whole dynamic of like, you have to believe in yourself. And, and so you can really stay in denial for a long time and eat a lot of top ramen before you even allow yourself the thought of like, Hmm. <laughs> maybe I won't be one of the people to make a living doing this. Like, did you go through a whole process with that? Like what happened? What happened? What was that journey like for you? It's never that I've given up. It's just that I've wanted a stable job. So I've never like tried to audition for something in Toronto that I'd have to quit my job for. So I have really restricted myself that way. But I do get lots of work here in Kelowna, which is where I live now. Mm -hmm. It's not that I've given up on it. I think that I just haven't really put my nose to the grindstone and worked as hard as I possibly can toward it. I know you're online now, like building online. That's the exciting thing about being an actor today is it's not permission-based. Like you give yourself permission (laughs) and then you go find your own audience. And I think that is unique it like we live in such unique times it's super special yeah and so maybe my cat videos that I'm posting aren't going to go anywhere but it doesn't matter because at the end of the day I'm gonna have I don't know how many silly cat videos that I super love watching and other people say they love watching it too so and that's all that counts in the end it's not how much money I make at it it's fun because it, you get to use your skills as an actor, even though in the, in the Princess Veronique Siberian Forest Cat videos, <laughs> you are the voiceover actor, uh, but you're also the writer. So you get to flex those muscles a little bit, even though your cat is technically the star of the show. It's true. And she knows it. They're very, very cute. That's one of the reasons why I was excited to have you on because 2020 is a year for cat videos. Yes, and I've certainly watched my fair share too. Mm-hmm. It's, and all kinds of videos too, for that matter. I mean, you can watch Patrick Stewart read sonnets every day if you want to. It's crazy what's online now. 
Yeah, yeah. Do you have you found that in making videos, it's giving you like a greater sense of confidence, or that you're getting some practice in, or are you just grateful to have the chance to do your thing? I think sort of all of the above. But also putting your stuff, your stuff online, it's like, I guess it's one thing to go to an audition and you think, well, if I, if I get this big part in this movie, then it means I'm good. But posting your stuff online is, it's, it's quite a vulnerable act. Yeah. It makes me feel very vulnerable to have, you know, as many people all over the world see what I do. Well, I think in that way, it really stretches me as an actor because it opens you up to people saying mean things or people saying great things. It's, you just don't know when you put it out there, what's going to happen. Oh, actors. I have so much respect for actors. It's the ultimate vulnerability exercise. It really is. If you're, if you're being truthful in your acting, if you're fully present and your emotions are real and you're having honest reactions in the moment, what could be more vulnerable than that? You know, and it's you, like, even as a writer, you can be extremely vulnerable, but in a way you're kind of like hiding behind the screen or the paper. But as an actor, like your face is right there, front and center. It's it's pretty intense. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So will we be getting like Kendra videos? Yes. I've sort of started to do, some more, hey, this is what I'm doing kind of videos. But I I do have some plans, but they're not fully solidified yet about things that I want to be like acting myself in on my YouTube channel. And you are the cat servant. I guess we're not really explaining this well, and that's probably my fault because I've watched all your cat videos and my brain (laughs) is like, everybody knows what I'm talking about, but maybe you can tell us better what these videos are, what the theme is, what kind of the running joke is. Princess Veronica is uh, obviously a princess cat, like most cats are, (laughs) and she has a cat servant that she talks about, and I am the cat servant. (laughs) As we all are, those of us who have cats. <laughs> yes. So I found this really cute app called My Talking Pet. And you just put your cat's face or your dog, I guess, if you're a dog person, you put your dog's face and you kind of, you have to move it around so that the ears are in the right spot and the eyes, because the, the eyes actually blink and stuff, which is pretty neat. And then you can do a voiceover and you can kind of manipulate your voice a bit so it sounds a little different. And then you can make a video starring your pet. Oh, that's so cute. I did not know that's how you were doing it. I I just thought it was magic. Yeah, that's what I meant. It's magic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's magic. It's super cute. I don't think the technology is what's making the video cute. I think it's the little stories that you tell and the voice that you use. I definitely feel like your talent as an actor and a writer comes through. Oh, awesome. I'm so glad. And I really have so much fun making them. So is Siberian forest cat an actual thing? It is, weirdly. They're a really old cat breed. I think they're sort of the forefathers of the Maine Coons and Norwegian cats. But apparently Russia's kind of hoarded their cats for a while. So they, they're, they're pretty new to North America. We have a rag doll that we jokingly for years called a a Siberian wolf cat for no reason other than I thought it was funny. 
And so when I saw you calling her a Siberian forest cat, I just thought you were being funny. (laughs) And then it dawned on me like, oh, this is a real thing. Yeah, well, my partner and I are very allergic to cats. So we did a lot of research and apparently the Siberian forest cat has less FELD1 protein in their saliva, which is what people are allergic to. Oh. Yeah, so we went to this super expensive breeder, and I thought, oh, please, if I get the super expensive cat, I better not be allergic to it, and and we're not. See, that is a committed cat lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I kind of realized I wasn't going to have children, and I really needed, you know what, we might have ended up with a dog if we were home enough, but we're just, we're not home enough. Yeah. So I really, I really wanted something to... Love. To love and be my fur baby, and... And so I have one. And thus she is a princess. Oh, yes, she is. So when we were talking earlier about being an actor, I certainly was not implying that you had given up on the dream. I was just talking about, I guess, the giving up maybe on the thought that this will pay my bills kind of thing right now. Because I know this is your current dream. This is the thing that you're working toward making happen for yourself I don't know that you have some big ambitious, like, rule the world, make a bajillion dollars, be Nicole Kidman kind of fantasies, but I know it's your dream to do this and to make this a part of your reality on the regular, and I see you doing it as much as possible. How much does money factor into it? Like, if you did this, let's say that you figured out a way to monetize your YouTube videos, would you quit your day job or would you still... I would totally quit my day job. I think my problem is, is that I just haven't had a plan. I've been kind of waiting for that big audition break or the thing to happen. And I didn't, and I kind of knew all along that that wasn't the right way to go about things, but I didn't know how to fix that and how to make a roadmap. And and you were talking to me one day and I said, I said, I like acting and I like writing. And you said, so why aren't you doing that? (laughs) Uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. I guess I could do that. But you know, to your credit and what truly amazed me is you immediately started doing that. It wasn't like a thing that you started talking about and planning for and prepare. You just started doing it. There was a cat video. Like, I feel like I just blinked and there it was. Well, I mean, she, she is my fur princess. So obviously I, uh, it's actually pretty easy for me to make the videos because she gives me so many, so many ideas. Now that I kind of feel like I have a bit of a trajectory, I mean, even if it doesn't work out, I'll just pick a different one, something different. Cause it is about not just waiting for your dreams to appear in front of you. You have to go make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. I've always been a lover of dreams, but I think that the internet and where we are at, I still think we're at the very beginning, but it's like a toddler now it's moving. It's, it's trying to get its hands on all the things. Like it's a great time because it's still new. It's still adventurous. It's still like in the pioneering phase, but it, but it works. Like you don't have to sit there waiting, you know, for a page to load and stuff like that. So it's really, you can make of it almost anything that you want to. The only limits right now are your creativity. You can make your cat talk. Yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I was a part of Hollywood for a long time and it would always shock me how, you know, people that you would know so well from movies would 
always be struggling financially. Like my brain was like famous, rich, not the same thing, by the way. And then <laughs> when I was in a band, I would, I was following this really famous blog here and it had a section called don't quit your day job. And it would feature like famous players in these bands that had jobs like folding jeans at the local gap or whatever. <laughs> like so disillusioned by this like why so it's exciting to be at a time now where your day job actually can be your passion the thing that you love to do and if you're a writer and an actor you can make your own projects yes and and post them on YouTube for the whole planet to see. Yes. <laughs> so you're not just auditioning for like a small panel of people. You're auditioning for a bunch of like random 14-year-old boys. <laughs> <laughs> just a random troll that finds your video that day. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and that's when I know that I've really hit the right time to post my videos when I get a bunch of really random posts on my video <laughs> it's really weird they found you <laughs> yeah and if they're not rude they're just random yeah totally what what about six-year-old Kendra why did she think acting was a good idea did you see a movie or did you have a favorite like tv star like what gave you this idea were you the family star of the show like people came over for dinner and you hopped on the fireplace mantle and started doing a thing Oh, that's a good question. I, I actually have a twin brother and I always was competing for attention. And I think mm. he competed for attention in his own way, but he did it by, by being really good at sports. And I maybe tried to get everybody's attention by being really loud. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure what really twigged. And it's funny that you asked because now I'm like, why do I want to be an actor? <laughs> You can love a thing. I think analyzing it actually can suck some of the fun out of it sometimes. Yeah. So I guess I've always, it's always just been there, the, the thing that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Well, if your dream project came to Canada and you were able to audition for it, what would that look like? What would your part be and what would the project be? Oh, it would feature like Judy Dench and Meryl Streep. Oh. And... Maybe directed by Quentin Tarantino. Holy cow. I think it would be something totally off the wall, edgy, a little bit crazy, maybe a lot of bit crazy, and just lots of action and, and, and drama. What would your role be? Well, I'd be one of the stars, of course, with, with Judy and... <laughs> you and, and, you and Judy and, and Meryl. Yep. Like, you know, you said Judy Dench and Meryl Streep. My yeah. mind immediately went highbrow. And then you're like, and Quentin Tarantino would direct it. And I went, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> they need to all get together now. That sounds like a wild combination. Yeah, I, I, I can see them doing it. Mm-hmm. And then as a writer, like, what is that about? What, when did that start for you? That started pretty early too. But I remember I have, I had a, great, great aunt, actually, from Norway. And she had written all the stories about what it was like growing up in Norway in the early 1900s. And uh, she'd written all of this down. And I think I just really admired her, her story writing and, and, and her as a human being. And I think that's what really made me want to start writing. She wrote fiction? 
no true stories about what her life was like. Like she remembered having to cross country ski to school and what it was like coming to Canada from Norway and things <gasps> like that. You have this in your possession? I don't know that I do, but I bet my mom does. I should ask her. I haven't thought about those in a long time. Oh my gosh. Kendra, that is precious gold. You must get it. Yes, I totally agree. I totally must, agree. What if there's something in there that you could turn into a monologue or something? I I just remember this one this one thing where she's she's on the boat and she remembers seeing my my great grandfather who is older than well quite a bit older actually because you know in those days it was multi-generational <laughs> families and what he looked like and how strong and proud he was yeah no there's definitely a monologue in there oh gosh oh, I hope I can find those wow yeah you got your family cannot lose that that is amazing mm-hmm. that's amazing I guess I should ask you about magic too since this is wrapping up and people like to talk about magic here is that how interested in magic are you? And do you see in a re- any relationship to the process of acting and the process of magic? Uh, well, I definitely read tarot all the time when I'm doing plays, especially when I'm directing plays. The last play that I directed, I drew tarot cards for all the actors that auditioned. What do I need to know about them? Oh my gosh, that's so fun. And how they would interact with each other. And it was all dead on, which was... I mean, when I read tarot, I kind of expect it to be dead on. But when it's really dead on, I'm like, wow, there's, you just know it's real. Mm. And then with acting, it's like, what, what do I need to know about this character? What, what is hiding? What, what would people find interesting? Like, I love all the, like, asking questions like that. I don't like the should I or shouldn't I questions. But, you know, even if the, the card is just giving you insight into... Well, the cards should be giving you insight into things you already know, I think, is how I read them. So you're using divination as an actor and a writer and a director. That's so neat. Yeah, and for, for writing, it's, it's all about past, present, future, history. I do so many tarot spreads when I'm writing. Wow, that's so cool. I always think of, when I think of actors and magic, I think of the process of acting because you're changing your state on purpose you're deliberately changing your thoughts and your emotions and your state of being to create a narrative and to me that's what I do when I'm doing magic as well like when I'm getting into alignment with a desired outcome Mm. it's very much related to acting in my opinion like once you learn one you can learn the other and they are all kind of intertwined And I would definitely say that glamour magic is something that I do. Although I don't think I realized that's what I was doing until I started listening to your podcasts. Mm. That that getting into character with getting into the makeup and the clothes and the shoes, it's all very... It completely changes you, right? Yeah, absolutely. If you put a turban on your head, you will walk differently. You might even start thinking differently. Yeah, yeah. And for me, it's shoes. Shoes is the the biggest thing. Once I put on the character's shoes, that's it. I'm not that character. Mm-hmm. You know, something that I just think that's fun for anybody that's listening right now, if you're interested in magic, this is a very cool thing. Take a prominent politician, maybe somebody who's a bit of a clown, like a big personality, and put them on silent and stand up and imitate their body language. 
copy their gestures and their body language, and it will bring you to (laughs) a really different awareness of who that person is and what it feels like to be in their body and why they're moving and gesturing the way they are. It's a fascinating process. I've never done that, but I'm definitely going to do that now. It's so weird. It's so embarrassing. Don't get caught doing it, but (laughs) but definitely do it. (laughs) It really takes you into the psychology of a person, or even if you just see a person on the street that has a very strange, specific walk. Like one of my favorite things to do is like run home and copy them. I just like, I don't know. It gets you into the psychology of that person to some degree. And sometimes their pain and things like that. It's fascinating. Yeah. And I think a lot of times when people do walk really strangely, it's because they do have like pain somewhere in their body and they're trying not to feel it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can tell like what they're hiding, you know, that maybe they feel certain insecurities or they're trying to project a toughness. It's, it's, all super groovy and interesting to me, which is why I was excited to have an actor on the show. (laughs) If we talk to you a year from now and your YouTube channel is up and rocking and rolling, what do you imagine that that will be looking like a year from now? Well, I hope to have at least two dozen cat videos. (laughs) Uh, and, And hopefully, like maybe a few hundred subscribers at least. And maybe, you know, some people who will actually see my, the stuff that I post will go, Hey, you're actually a pretty good actor. Maybe we should hire you to do this thing. Okay. Let me knock on wood. Hello, internet gods, make it happen. Everybody listening right now, go follow Kendra on YouTube. Can you tell us, can you spell your name for us, your last name specifically? So people that are driving can be like, remember that. So I can go home and put it into into my little search engine. It's Kendra Hesketh. So H-E-S-K-E-T-H. Kendra it, Hesketh. It is a, a weird name. It actually means like horse race in Norse or something. Oh, that's fascinating. Well, Norse? Have you got yeah. the Norse magic at all? I don't know. I don't think I've ever tried that. Mm, well, like Neil Gaiman had his Norse mythology book that came out. You might want to read that. People seem to I love it. Totally might want to read that. Mm-hmm. I think I got it for free on Kindle. There was a special at some point. It's very good. Oh, yeah. No, I'm totally going to look into that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing this, Kendra. I love it. Do you have one tip for creating the kick-ass life of your dreams that you would like to share with people? Don't give up. Never, ever never give up. You might have to change, change the plan or change your trajectory, but if you want it bad enough, don't give up. I agree. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much for having me. That was fun. That was fun. I love actors. I think actors are real magicians. What they do when an actor is good, in my opinion, they are performing magic and I love them I love them I love them so much I love them so much for doing that public service and yes art is a public service of course it's a valuable public service (laughs) also there will be links in the show notes to the cool 1940s radio show style thing she did so if you're listening to this in the days around when it first posts you should be able to catch that if you want to check it out 
And again, let me say, if you don't yet have my fabulous new ebook, you are definitely missing out. It is the Tao of Biz Witchery, 13 Ways Your Online Biz is a Spiritual Practice. And of course, there will be links to that as well. Happy, 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 happy witchy time of year. Get your Poe on. Until we meet again, much love to you. Peace.